Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome on into the Wolverine.com podcast. Clayton Safey here with Chris Ballas and uh, our, our newest member of our team, Ant Wright. Former Michigan basketball player. You've probably seen him on Twitter. He's all over the place. He's going to be working with us here. Already did a couple film breakdowns for us over at thewolverine.com. So super excited to have you, Ant. Well, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, Can't wait to see where this whole thing goes. Yeah, I'll tell you what. We've got big plans for you, man. So we've been uh, looking to expand our basketball coverage for a long time. And what better way than to get a Michigan man on board. One thing I want to ask you first off, man, because you played for John Beeline and, uh, and we're looking at the offense and the first year that Juwan was here, uh, he tweaked some things, but if there weren't some major differences, it seemed to me like he ran a lot of the stuff that Beeline did. What are some of the differences you've seen in the way that Juwan does things compared to, to John Beeline? Uh, that's interesting. So when it comes to Juwan, he, he allows guys a lot more freedom. Uh, when it comes to beeline, it was more restrict motion with the set of rules. If a guy cuts a certain way, the whole play changes. When it comes to Jawan, I mean, you have Isaiah in a mid post. You have Isaiah in the corner. You have Isaiah bringing the ball up and picking rolls. He didn't do that for beeline, and um, he's much more of a player's coach. Jawan is mm-hmm. where where he's gonna want guys to do more rather with like beeline he just wants you to do like your two best things all the time to Mm -hmm. like maximize the offense and he's going to put you in one of those five spots um to help maximize the whole machine of the two guard beeline offense yeah, it was interesting watching uh, some of the motions though being so similar early, but yeah. he's really adapted. And clearly, uh, the post offense is a staple of a Joe Juwan Howard offense. And you look at a guy yeah. like Hunter Dickinson, and uh, everything goes inside out. Uh, but he still wants shooters on the floor. Uh, I can imagine. I mean, no matter what, right? In this day and age, you have to have some shooters on the floor, otherwise your offense is going to bog down. You have to, and and that's kind of what's been stagnant with this team is that they haven't they don't really have the shooting right now. You know, you have. Guys who who hit shots against Nebraska, but consistently throughout the year, that's only been Eli Brooks and Caleb Houston the last what four games or so. Yeah. Uh, so that's one thing that really that really needs to be consistent moving forward for you know Michigan to to. And I think it's going to be tough this year to win the Big Ten, but to get to like a top four seed, in order to get into a manageable seed when it comes to the NCAA tournament to make a run. It's it's easier to make a run if you're in that one to four range than if you're in that seven to ten range. As you yeah, guys exactly. Clay, uh, watching Purdue and Rutgers last night, I thought Purdue might sweep this thing, man. They have a couple, two, three losses, but that's a tough loss, uh, and that's a big win for Rutgers, man, for their for their resume and stuff like that. Did you catch that game last night? I did. I was I catch watching. It? Oh, Clay. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. Yeah. No, you're good. You're good. I'm. Yeah. No, I watched it. I watched uh, most of that game, and then like kind of re started watching again at the end. What a finish. One of the best finishes I've seen in a Big Ten game. Ron Harper Jr. with the buzzer beater. If you, somebody, you know, 
if you haven't seen it, go go check that out. It's all over right now on social media. But um, that kind of told me too. I, like I was talking up Purdue before that game. They were fourteen point favorites and all that. It tells me that the Big Ten is going to be a little tougher than maybe we thought. I mean, Michigan looking a little better in the last week. Michigan State looks better than people thought they were going to be. Uh, and what's your impressions of the Big Ten so far? Uh, it's still a bit top heavy. I do think there's there's you know Purdue. They're on their own tier. Uh, I just think you know you saw where like uh, Archie Miller had Izzo's number for a couple years and beat him like three or four times straight. Uh, you see right now with Brad Underwood and what he's been able to do against Jawan. Um, and then you look at now Steve Peichel. He's won now four in a row against Matt Painter. Matt Painter, in my opinion, is one of the better coaches in the entire country. And I'm watching this game last night, and I think he did make some errors um, with, like, Ethan Morton taking the ball out. Uh, young young guys, the sophomore, well, freshman because of the COVID stuff. So he's like a freshman. But, right. um, you know, he's throwing to the corner when you know he's about to get trapped. Um, I thought that was very, very weird. But um, I like the Big Ten more now than I did about three weeks ago where I saw the league really, really struggle. Um, Iowa does look tough. They played a very good Iowa State team. That Iowa State team is for real. Uh, yeah. I watched the play last night for the first time. But uh, Iowa's going to be good. Um, Illinois is going to be good. I have a video coming out to, today on Alfonso Plummer who's playing like the best guard in the entire Big Ten. And nobody's talking about him. Like, he has been unreal. Like, 24 a game on, like, 50, 50, 100 shooting uh, on, like, high volume. It's unreal what he's doing. Um, uh, I still think Indiana's tough. Indiana, they choked one against Q's. Uh, choked a big one against Wisconsin when they're up 18 <laughs> and they lose the game. If you're up against Wisconsin by 18 points, that's like being up 40 because Wisconsin's exactly. so slow. I mean, low-scoring low game and you're up 18, 20 points in the second half, game should be over. Um, Wisconsin's going to be tough. Uh, Ohio State beat Duke. So I'm like, okay, uh, <laughs> that yeah. two through like seven spot is very interesting. Maryland hasn't figured it out yet. Uh, Northwestern looks a lot better. Um, Penn State works hard, but you know it's going to be a, it's it's going to be an interesting year for sure. Yeah, it usually comes down to who wins on the road a little bit, right, Ant? And uh, yeah. you look at Michigan State's win at Minnesota. Minnesota had been playing decent ball, but when I saw them play Michigan State, it looked like a Patino team. Man, they were one on one jacking stuff up. They didn't weren't running their offense. And Michigan State is well coached, obviously, and they defend well. But um, to me. You, I don't care if it's Nebraska or Penn State or Northwestern, as we saw Rutgers uh, with with uh, Purdue. You get a road, road win in the Big Ten, uh, you're doing something right, and that's going to be the difference in this league. It's tough, though. You you protect home, you win half your games on the road. You you gave yourself a shot, um, and you know, like you saw with like Minnesota, they were coming off of two road games. They beat Pitt, then they beat Mississippi State. Mississippi State team who has like Garrison Brooks from North Carolina, uh, Molinar who is an NBA prospect, uh, Rocket Watts who came from Mississippi State from from uh, Michigan State, and they beat that team. And then you see them against Michigan State at home, uh, they looked a bit overwhelmed. Yeah. Uh, I just felt that whenever they they made a run, they made a run because it was like it was like uh, fight or flight 
run. It wasn't a we're going to win run. It's, hey, let's not get embarrassed at home in our first big team, big, big team game type of run. So um, I think they're a little bit above their heads. And I think that's kind of what it's going to be like for Minnesota against Big Ten teams in the first half of the year. Uh, but they should settle in towards like end of January, February. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it was, it's interesting you said that about the Big Ten because they look terrible in the first couple of weeks, and then they go out and win the ACC Big Ten Challenge, and uh, and you're like, wow, well, you know, Michigan didn't hold up its end of the bargain, obviously, but they seem to be coming around. Clay, it's Purdue. Who's your number two in the Big Ten through the first several weeks here? Like Ant said, it's kind of a revolving door. I, I was impressed with Wisconsin, um, you know, through the first few weeks. I mean, they weren't even a team that was pegged in some of those early brackets. Not that those matter, but like people coming into the year thought that was not going to be a tournament team potentially. Uh, and now they look that way. Um, you know, Michigan would have been there, you know, if it weren't for two blowout losses, Michigan state might be right up there. They're playing one of the best, you know, some of the best defense in the country. Um, it's, it's going to be a tough league, I think for those other teams. And I agree that Purdue is going to probably still win that league. You still watch them and, it's incredible. Uh, you know, they just cycle in the two bigs. They never play together, but they're always fresh. Travion Williams and Zach Eady, and then Jaden Ivey on the wing is lethal, and, and Sasha Stefanovic, uh, you know, outstanding shooter. So um, I don't know. I think it's going to be a battle for two, but I wouldn't rule out any of these teams coming in and, and winning it either. So, no. And what was the what was the toughest venue you had to play in on the road in the Big Ten when you played? Toughest venue? Um, well, there's three of them. There's mm-hmm. three of them. Uh, Indiana, Purdue, and Michigan State. Yeah, I knew you were gonna say um, that. I'm not sure what the not sure what the order is, but uh, I'd probably go Indiana third and then and then Purdue and Michigan State are just back and forth, back and forth. Yeah, the Michigan State the, the way that the way that the the Purdue arena is set up. Like they have all the students, like all on the bench side. So, like in huddles, it was just super hard to hear. Uh, the way that the floor was set up was super weird. It's not set up like that anymore. They 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 made that change a few years ago. Um, but uh, I like places where they love their basketball, mm-hmm. and that was definitely Purdue. Illinois is probably fourth. Um, but definitely Purdue, Indiana, and Michigan State are all up there. Yeah. What's the uh, craziest thing you ever heard at Michigan State? Can you repeat it? Oh, man. Um, (laughs) If you guys remember uh, Reed Baker. So Reed Baker, uh, they found his girlfriend's, like, this is like like back in, like, mid-2000s, right? It's like, well, like 2007 or eight. So, like, MySpace was still a thing, kind of. So, like, they, like, found her, like, Facebook and MySpace. And they were, they were saying some some uh, stuff for sure. They were wow. like, Alyssa, Alyssa. It's like, had, like, a picture of her on, like, a poster. It was, it was wild. Wow. I was like, that's, yo, what is going on right now? That's crossing the line, man. That's crazy. But you don't put anything past those people, man. So yeah, um, nothing like Amadou Ba, where you know someone comes on the court and with threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. 
It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah, yeah. Bod just like two hand shoves of. You take matters into your own hands, man. Sometimes you, you have to. Yep. Uh, your thoughts, guys, both of you. Uh, Clayton, the point guard, I, I look in and this team, team seems to run better with Frankie Collins on the court at times because they're getting into the offense and they're moving the ball better. Uh, your thoughts first, Clayton and Ant. I want to hear what you think the role is for Devontae Jones and if he can be a point guard in this league. But, Clay, we'll start with you. Yeah, great question. I was going to ask Ant this as well. I had it written down. Uh, it's kind of the hot topic on the message board, Twitter. I mean, uh, I think somebody put a poll on our message board who should be the point guard for this team. And it was like 90% Frankie Collins. That was probably a little bit of overreaction. Uh, I thought Devontae Jones looked a little bit better against Nebraska, although – you know, I mean, everything was working there. And when shots are going down, the whole thing looks better. But, man, it's just something with the flow with Frankie Collins, his athleticism. I know he's made a couple, you know, bad mistakes. But the more he gets stuff on film, uh, the more he's going to be able to correct some of those. Uh, I think eventually this team's going to be in the hands of Frankie Collins if it's going to be at its best. Uh, Devontae Jones looks a little overwhelmed athletically at times you know, has trouble bringing the ball up. It seems like on some of these more athletic guys that and the scouting reports out, they want to press him, uh, make him uncomfortable. They can't get into the offense till about 20 seconds. Uh, but I'm interested to get your thoughts as well. Yeah. Um, here's what I'll say. Uh, Devonte. It doesn't seem like he's fully settled in, in yet where like he truly knows what he's supposed to do. That's one. Two, I'll say that, Nothing, nothing against Frankie, but if if Frankie becomes the guy, I just think that the ceiling of this team drops. Uh, they're going to need Devontae to be. I'm not saying be the guy who you were at Coastal. I'm just saying just be the be the NBA prospect that you were supposed to be. You know what I mean? Be able to yeah. ha- handle the rock, take care of the ball, don't make mental errors, um, be a senior. Because Frankie right now, um, if if Frankie can play 10 to 15 minutes and come in, because when he comes in, they go faster, right? right? They go faster. The ball pops a bit. Uh, I like the change of speed. But teams are going to start guarding him like teams used to guard Tum Tum at Michigan State. Teams would literally, like I, like I remember a screenshot where whether he had the ball or not, his man stayed in the middle of the paint and didn't respect any cut, any movement, nothing. Yep. Um, and we're already talking about this team lack spacing. If that's happening for 25 to 30 minutes a game, this doesn't just impact Frankie. This impacts your best player in Hunter. Like, how is he going to operate if your guy isn't even guarding you and he's over, over here just playing in front of Hunter the, the uh, entire time. And and that's what's kind of concerning with – when I think think about Frankie taking full, full control playing the 25-30 a game is because of the impact it's going to have on everybody else. But I do like him coming in and changing speed, 10 to 15 minutes a game, and teams won't, teams won't be able to – really key in on him and really make that drastic change of being way off of him uh, due to him only playing, you know, 
10, 15 minute segments. Because I think at the because you can't play him late in close games. Because I believe he's like five for sixteen from the line yeah. or six for fifteen. I'm I'm not sure. Um, but you're not gonna be able to play him late either. So Devontae has to figure it out. He he has to. If he doesn't, big detriment to this team. Yeah. Or else and you gotta go with Eli Brooks late going point and Caleb Houston at the two. That's just in, in my opinion, that's gonna be your late squad if you're really desperate and and Devontae's not on his game. Yeah, that's a great point. And because uh, Frankie, has, he's got to get a, be a better shooter, period. And I go back to Xavier Simpson and how uh, Michigan State played him, you know, and they yeah. would sag on everything and, and dare him. Now, it burned him in the last game. I think he made four threes against Michigan State and yeah. Tom Izzo, but that was the exception. And he got better. And your hope with Frankie is that he's going to get better, progressively better to be at least a decent shooter. But to your point about Devontae, I saw him at the G League Combine, and and he did some things. He flat out played out, outplayed Mike Smith head to head. Mike Smith was really impressed. He said, man, this dude can play. And uh, the problem is he's a little slower and, uh, you know, getting around picks. If you're running high pick and roll and stuff with him, uh, you know, they're chasing him and they're able to catch him. Uh, yeah. He's got to be, but he's got to be more confident shooting the ball too. Cause they need another shooter out there and this kid can shoot the ball. And that's what I think is, is lacking. You know, when they go under screens, man, you're going to have to pull it and have that same kind of confidence. Like you said, you don't have to be the guy you were at Coastal, but you at least have to try to be that guy. you got to shoot that ball when they go under ball screens. Yeah, yeah. He does a little bit of everything, and I mm-hmm. think at Coastal, he had to do everything. Like, he was their scorer, their rebounder, their assister, their defensive playmaker, and he had to take some gambles on the defensive end. That's why he was, like, third in the country in steals. He doesn't need to do that. And Michigan, the team is good. The team is very, very talented. He doesn't need to – he just needs to play within himself um, and kind of find and kind of find his role. It's what – it's they're six and three, so it's, what, like nine games in? Um, yeah. They – it's 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 crunch time. What they have – they have Minnesota next, and then they have – like they have about five games where I'm just like, you know what? Like, they should win those games for sure. They have Minnesota, Southern Utah, uh, PFW, UCF, Rutgers. They have five games to really figure this out before they have a tough stretch with Michigan State, Purdue, Illinois, Maryland, Indiana. So it's going to get here quick. It's going to get here quick, and they got to figure it out. It's a gauntlet, and Clay – when you talk about this team and, and Minnesota, I watched, I was thinking, okay, this could be, you know, if they don't figure it out, Minnesota could be a tough game. When I saw Minnesota last night, I think it's a pretty good matchup for, for Michigan, to be honest with you. And uh, your thoughts on the Gophers coming up. Yeah. I mean, and you mentioned earlier, a couple of the teams they played, not, not really tough competition until they played Michigan state. And Chris, you said it kind of looked a little overwhelmed, a little uncomfortable playing at that level. They got a lot of transfers, four out of their five starters are transfers. Uh, a lot of them from mid-major type of schools. One of them, uh, Vanderbilt, Minnesota, College of Charleston, back to Minnesota. So a lot of kind of journeymen like that that aren't, you know, these Big Ten type of guys that have really played well. I give Curry credit for battling injuries uh, throughout his career, but he's six foot nine. I think Hunter Dickinson's going to be able to match up pretty well there. They're probably still figuring some things out as well under uh, Ben Johnson, first-year head coach. So uh, I think Michigan probably, a, you know, eight to 10 point favorite when, when the line comes out tomorrow and uh, 
you know, I think they'll probably be able to kind of get that done and, and maybe cover that spread. How encouraged are you, Ant, by what you've seen in the last couple of games from Michigan? It seems like at least they're figuring some things out and and uh, they're playing with the the desire that was lacking, frankly, in a couple of those big games. Arizona and North Carolina, you hate to say it looked like they quit, but they certainly weren't playing as hard as Juwan Howard wanted them to. For sure. You know, they've played about a game and a half um, where they really popped the ball around and they really played well and shot the ball well and played as a group and as a team. I just hope that it's just a coincidence that that's just when Musa wasn't playing. Because um, right. I love Musa. Musa has – he brings so much defensively with his energy. Um, and I just hope when he comes back, that continues. And um, that's that's like my one concern right now with them is that they're, they're doing this in this little mini stretch you know, without, you know, without him on the court where it's – Really, Hunter. If it's not Hunter, then they go small with Brandon Johns. Um, I just hope that you know it's, you know it's, they're able to keep that up um, moving forward. But yeah, Minnesota's got thirteen new faces this year. I've never seen that before. No. Thirteen new faces, and and uh, and Curry had had to be like talked into coming back in like June or July. So that was like so that was that was. That was nuts. But they have big guards. They have big guards in Peyton Willis, Luke Lowy, um, EJ Stevens. Like these are big guards, like six three, six four. Um, they don't have any small guys. No small guys on that team. So I'll be interested to see if Eli Brooks, Devontae, and Frankie can really hold their own. Um, but yeah, they are they're just they're just they're kind of small on, on the inside. Uh, Hunter should feast. He should feast between um, what's his name between Curry and then the Stephen F. Austin transfer, Charlie, Charlie Daniels. I mean, Hunter should go to work. They're going to double. They don't have a choice, um, but you know, this has got to make them pay just like they made um, Nebraska pay pretty much every single time. Yeah. Nebraska was leaving shooters, man. I, I could have had a cup of coffee and uh, between the time, I mean, there were some times there that they were so wide open, we were almost too open, you know, when you you start thinking about it and you have time to set. So, but uh, you're right. If Caleb Houston shoots like that and uh, Devontae Jones got to stay out of foul trouble too, that's been a big deal for him. He's got to be able to stay on the floor. So, but this is a game, yeah, I see, I see Michigan, uh, like you said, if the ball doesn't stick. And when Moose is on the floor, sometimes the ball sticks a little bit too. So we expect him back, I think. Uh, we'll find out more today when we get Saudi Washington here shortly. But um, it's still it's a matter, too, of, of putting the pieces together and, and the fits, right, and figure out which lineups. Because Beeline always played, you know, what, seven guys, maybe eight sometimes, and he would stick with that group. Juwan's got so many to choose from that it's a little bit tougher here, right, to figure, figure out who to play with who and who who plays well with who. Uh, and when you your point to Minnesota, they're kind of like the Michigan State football of uh, of college basketball this year with all the transfers, you know, and uh, so they're right. still kind of learning too. But to me, that's the big thing is finding the five to seven guys that really play well together and then going with your bread and butter. You have to. You have to. I mean, having, having elite depth, uh, people are like, oh, man, we're so deep. I'm like, you can only play five. Right. You know, you only play five, one, two – you don't want to play 12 because you play 12. Nobody really gets a sweat. Right. You know, nobody really is able to really like lock into the game. 
And you need your best players playing about, you know, 30 plus. Then you need your middle players playing about mid low twenties, you know, and then your back end seven, eight, nine guys playing like mid low teens, you know? So, um, so yeah, I'm with you there. Yep. Last thing I had for you, Ant, was, you know, we talk about this stretch coming up, uh, you know, with kind of lesser competition, I think it's a great opportunity to, for Michigan to, as you said, figure some things out, you know, figure out how they're going to play, made some strides the last two games. But uh, talk to us about what that is like when you're playing kind of some lesser competition. Is it a really good opportunity to kind of do that? And then, you know, does that make you better going into, let's say, a Michigan State game against, you know, one of the tougher defenses in the country? Or, you know, is it better to be kind of thrown into the fire maybe and you figure things out? Uh, against tougher because you know this time of year every team plays a different schedule so it's kind of hard to peg where everybody's at yeah um what i'll say is it means a lot when you win means a lot when you win playing four good teams and going three and one uh is a lot better than playing like four top 10 teams and going like oh and four like even if you play them well, like you want to win, win the games. You want to understand how it is to close out games, understand how it is to uh, be able to find, be able to find a rotation. Maybe you don't win by 30 or 40, but you win by 20 or 25. You can sacrifice a 10 to 15 points. If this rotation that you just found is going to help you in a month against Purdue or, you know, whoever you end up playing, I think winning matters. And, you know, you're going to play elite teams eventually, but winning with your guys, there's, there's, there's nothing, there's nothing better than that. There's no better teacher than winning with your guys and winning the right way. Like this Nebraska game that just happened, what was it? What a 35 point drubbing, like over 100 points. That was a pinnacle arena record. Like, dude, like that game probably means more to them than any win this year, even though Nebraska's not even close to the best team that they played. Uh, I think that game matters because you're one to know in the Big Ten. Um, Bryce McGowan's is an NBA player, and they had him on lock. He was like two for nine or two for ten, um, and they and they and they and they executed. They haven't executed very well this year. They've been real, 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 real lax this year with their cuts, but I think they were very, very crisp, very, very crisp. And winning games and winning the right way, seeing the shot go in is more important than any competition that um, you're trying to face. Because mm-hmm. it, it just builds positive momentum, you know? No doubt. It builds positive momentum for sure. Definitely. Yeah, it's kind of my theory with Oklahoma football. They don't play anyone in the Big 12 in the regular season, but they throw it all over teams. And they get in the playoff. They lose like 60 to 40, but, uh, you know, they're still able to put up points against good competition because they, you know, know what they're supposed to do against some lesser competition. So, yeah, that, that's kind of an interesting, uh, you know, theory there. Chris, anything else before we uh, kind of close it out? This has been great with Ant here. First time we'll be back weekly. And uh, obviously his video analysis before games and after. Uh, his video breakdown of the Nebraska game was fantastic. So yeah, just finally glad to finally have you on board, Ant Man. We've been watching you for a long time, and uh, just great to have you part of the team, buddy. Really appreciate you being here. For sure. Thank you.